This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Go to 610... Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Final hour here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Already, Already I know, right? Guess we gotta go. It's flown by. We're in the uh, we're in the final home stretch of the show. Chiefs did not get a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes on third down uh, threw an interception along the sidelines in the end zone. Um, he was scrambling. He went far. He went way back and was trying to throw. It looked like he was trying to throw the football away, but he didn't throw it far enough out of bounds. And uh, one of the uh, one of the Cardinals defenders was able to get it along the sidelines. Um, the play before, McCole Hardman, it appears, did not run the right route, Ugh. and uh, so much just disappointment. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was kind of getting into him after the play, and Kelsey was doing the same thing, like. But Kelsey played like the mom role. Like, you he know, did. when you do he something did, yeah. that pisses your dad off and your dad's cop. like, get out of here. He was the get, good go cop. figure it out. And then you go to your mom and you're like, why is dad so pissed? And he's like, hey, man, you know, the mom's like, hey, you just, just work on this and you'll be fine. Like, don't do this. And he won't yell at you. Yeah. And then was... all of a sudden <laughs> you're back in the stipulation where like you get together and you're like, all right, here's the deal. Like, I mean, if Colt McCoy's in, Patrick Mahomes yeah, definitely ain't playing. Definitely not playing. <laughs> yeah, he was Kelsey was the good cop to Mahomes. It, look, Mahomes, he's not really like a bad, bad cop, but he'll get into you. I, I mean, he'll that, rip your ass if you don't do it because oh, he's he a guy will. that's always about perfection. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that Jordan gene, if you will, in him, and he'll he'll let you know. But he's he kind of does it the way that LeBron does. Where he'll get into you, but he doesn't want to like like kill your ego or anything. He's not going to like disrespect you or anything, but he'll let you know. Like, I, and I love that about Mahomes. Like, I don't want Mahomes to be like, eh, it's okay. We'll. Go get him again, Tiger. You know, like I like the fact that he'll he'll be honest about that. But yeah, Colt McCoy now in the game as the uh, Cardinals are very quickly at a third down. So um, we will keep you updated. It, I mean, I would assume now Chad Henney, his time will be here. I, I certainly don't expect that they're going to try and get Mahomes a fourth series. I didn't think three is enough for him. He's had two drives where he's been able to get down into the into the uh, in a goal to go situation. I think it's good for him. I do want to talk about this offensive line, though. And if you follow the Chiefs over the Andy Reid regime here in Kansas City, you know that Andy Reid values his offensive line but understands that he doesn't have to spend a ton of capital in order to improve it. Um, you know, certainly he 
spent a lot of capital getting a guy like Eric Fisher, number one overall pick in the draft, uh, gave Mitch Schwartz a, a good contract coming out of Cleveland. But you look at guys uh, on the interior part of the line, Canadian doctor was like a sixth round pick out of McGill. Um, and they've had patchwork parts. Like they, they got Morse for a second rounder, but they didn't pay him. He left, went to Buffalo and you had Austin Ryder, who was like a practice squad guy. I think he was from Cleveland. Um, you know, you've Andrew Wiley's a guy that was a practice squad guy. I believe Um when they won the Super Bowl, they had Stefan Wisniewski out there. Stefan Wisniewski hadn't played football since a year before, when he since the year before when he was with the Eagles and won the Super Bowl. Then he, he was like a year out of football, and then like midway through the 2019 season, they signed him because they needed depth because Martinez Rankin blew out one of his knees, and all of a sudden you're you've got a patchwork offensive line again, something they did a lot when Alex Smith was their starting quarterback. And they were able to get good reps out of these guys. Wisniewski was one of the starters in the Super Bowl. Canadian doctor started in the Super Bowl as a sixth-round pick out of a, a school in Canada no one's ever heard of. And, and they were able to get a lot of great production. Austin Ryder, no one's ever heard of that guy before he, he was on the team. Uh, the only thing we knew about him was he had glorious hair. That is the kind of offensive line you put out there and you won a championship with. Then you look at last year's line, and it was kind of the same deal. And you had Kalecio Simile out there. Um, he was a guy that was a like former Pro Bowl guy with the Jets and, you know, had some injury issues. You brought him in, and he was a monster at first. Then he blew his knees out against the Raiders, and, and, and slowly but surely pieces on your offensive line started to fall. Mitch Schwartz, back injury, done early on in the season. And uh, an offensive line that looked like it could be the best offensive line that they had had, even though they didn't put a ton of capital in it, very quickly went to the worst offensive line you had where you had two backup guards in Rimmers and in Andrew Wiley as your starting tackles in the Super Bowl. Uh, That is a, a situation that the Chiefs had to avoid. And so they spent money getting Joe Tooney. Um, they, they, they spent their first round pick, traded it away, uh, and they went and got Orlando Brown Jr. And they spent draft capital, second round pick, Creed Humphreys. Um, they went out and they got themselves a, I mean, they, they signed Kyle Long out of, uh, free, out of retirement. And you brought back the Canadian doctor and you brought back Mike Rimmers, who you know was pr- the presumed starting right tackle. And now... And they also brought in Austin Blythe from the Rams. And it looked like you had some good veteran guys that you were going to start. Your whole offensive line was going to be experienced, was going to have a lot of depth. You got some young guys uh, behind them. And you were going to have guys that were going to, you could trust to protect your quarterback after that disaster back in February. Now you look at this offensive line and they are probably going to be starting three rookies. I know Niang's second year player, but he's a de facto rookie. Didn't play last year. So you got Niang starting, presumably starting at right tackle. You got Creed Humphrey, who, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I think he's going to be special at that center spot. And Trey Smith at that, at the, at that guard spot. Again, another guy that uh, we think is going to be special. Mitch Holtis surely thinks uh, he does, comparing him to Brian Waters and Will Shields. Big time. Big time. These and and here's the thing. Normally, I think a lot of people would be apprehensive about that. Starting three rookies on your offensive line, that there's some apprehension to be had there. 
And I don't think you can really have that now as Henny is in the game now. So Patrick Mahomes' night is done. But all the other starters remain in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other DeMarcus, than Tyreek. Yeah, DeMarcus is out there. Is, is, is Kelsey still out there? I saw Blake Bell, so I would yeah, assume. I would and assume they were Kelsey's running done. two tight end sets. But, I mean, everybody yeah. else yeah. seemed to be like they were still in yeah, there. Yeah, Tyreek's in pads, but, yeah, he, he did not take a snap tonight. But nowadays, like now this year, when we see all this youth on the offensive line, and you hear all the things that you hear about this offensive line, about these young guys here, where you know Trey Smith just sounds like a dog, sounds like a beast. Creed Humphreys is it, Creed Humphrey is really starting to take uh, ownership of that line, and you know he's gotten awards in college for his leadership at that center role. And and you we've seen Lucas Niang get a lot of time uh, out there at that right tackle spot when he was thought to be the backup there. I mean, normally people be apprehensive, but I this is one of those times where it's one of those in Andy and Veach we trust moments where it's like, yeah, you're trusting three rookies to protect your quarterback. But the fact that they're putting these guys in this position where their quarterback safety and health is on the line means that they think a lot about these guys. And I think that should instill a lot of confidence in Chiefs fans and what this offensive line is going to do. I know that they've been getting beat some in practice and in training camp, but look, Chris Jones is having a hell of a camp. He had a hell of a camp this year. Frank was really good before he had his injury. Um, These guys are going against some dogs on that defensive line and they are having it tough. And yet they've still had days where they've looked good and they're going to be prepared. I think for, for week one against the, uh, against that Browns pass rush, we got Clowney and you got Garrett. I, I got faith that this these young guys on this offensive line, these three rookies that they're going to be starting, are going to be able to keep things in front of them and not make, and make sure that Matt Patrick Mahomes does not end up on his back. Yeah, just keep that white jersey clean. Now, obviously, tonight he's done some running. That's he's made the, me yeah. a little uncomfortable, yeah. to be honest with you. But yeah. I am a hypochondriac when it comes to preseason football. And my quarterback. Um, and I can just obviously tell you when uh, the quarterback makes $500 million, uh, <laughs> I don't need him sliding and doing all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I think it's interesting because this is one of those things that tonight it's fine that this is what preseason is all about. But tonight you could just kind of tell if you watched this game while listening to us. Thank you very much. Batman, I see on the text line just all about it. But the thing about tonight is why preseason is so important is that you can tell tonight that Patrick Mahomes just wasn't on. It wasn't a night in which he was clicking on all cylinders. And like we've said before, it's okay to have off days. Like there's there's times where you're just not yourself. And if it's going to happen, please let it be week two preseason. I don't mind. But that's the thing that makes preseason so interesting is that these types of things, these connections, these times off where you haven't really been in the, you know, in the storm of what the game is in the NFL, it's nice to get this out of the way early because obviously you watched this tonight with me, Chris. You can tell that there's been a couple throws that have been off or there's been connections that aren't there and, you know, people are telling each other, hey, be here when I'm doing this play or doing that play. And and it's it's something that you you don't necessarily like to see, but you're happy to see it where it's happening right now instead of where it would happen in because a game like against the Browns, a team that has revamped that defense, a team that has one of the best defensive lines in all of football, and probably one of the best defensive linemen in football, get this out of the way early and then get back to it when you get to the regular season where you're more crisp and clean. But just please stop running the ball, Patrick. 
<laughs> He's got to stop running. That is scary. Like, seriously, I like during the regular season, if it's a crucial moment, I'm fine with it. Third and short. If, if he's got to get the, yeah, the if he's got to get the yards with his legs, fourth and short, he's got to get the yards with his legs. Goal line, got to get a touchdown with his legs. I'm cool with it. But preseason game, dude, you don't need to be playing like it's the end of the world. Right, right. You don't need to be trying to save the day with your legs, bro. Just throw the ball away or slide if you're going to run. Slide. That is the scariest thing about Mahomes playing is like he's he wants to dive head first. And the two runs that he had, he did not slide. He do- He already had the first down, mind you. And he went out there and he still was trying to get more yards and was willing to take a hit to do it. Like that, that vigilant attitude is not something we need to be seeing in preseason game two against the cards who JJ Watt's not even playing. JJ Watt is doing an interview. He's in street clothes right now. Just like, uh, it's like Anthony Davis. He looks like an excessive or like an over the top gym teacher. Yeah. He, he looks like he's like hyper competitive and he'll like try to get in on the action to show his athletic prowess. Yes. Very much like And that. flirts with the volleyball coach knowing damn well that he and her are married. Absolutely tries to tries to slip her his number and text her at odd times of, of the of the day and night. Overly loud shakes the protein shake. Yeah. Very much. Very much. He's got the the little blender ball in there and he's just shaking it up. Yeah, yeah. Brings up totally my day him. stories. Oh yeah, he definitely talks about the the great games he had when he played linebacker in high school. Yeah, that's definitely. Weird. Although that hat he's wearing is kind of fly. I kind of dig that Cardinals. Hat. I think those are the. I think those are like the the sideline caps this year. Why do the Chiefs always fail with hats? Like well, the if the Chiefs, Chiefs had a cool hat like that, I'd be okay Chiefs, with it. The Chiefs do have one. It's like that. It's like that. It's like it's just got the arrowhead. I think it's just the KC. It's got the arrowhead logo on it, but it doesn't have the the outline on it. So it has the KC in red, and then everything else is in white. It looks really clean. You should look at it. I'll have to uh, check that out. Yeah, no, I've I've been thinking about getting it, but like I'm kind of eh about like getting like white clothing or white caps or anything because I don't want to get it dirty. It is true. Yeah, I got I got some white shoes. I have to clean them like every week because well, you got to respect it. I know it's upset, but even then, like they get dirty quick. I mean, white gets dirty really quick, so I gotta I gotta clean these shoes all the time, and it's a lot of work cleaning. I seriously like I, I usually don't wear shoes out like this where they get dirty like this, and yeah, it's a lot of work. But Chiefs right now still got a three nothing lead as we are as they are on th- they're uh, they got the Cardinals in a third and long situation here. They are uh, defensively are having a uh, having a game here. I don't know how many yards the Cardinals have offensively, but I mean it. It can't be very much over positive. It cannot be. I mean, they had zero in the first quarter. They cannot have very many positive yards. Like the Chiefs' defense has played very well. I don't know how many of the starters are still in on defense. Uh, offensively, Mahomes is out now. Chad Henney just got the last drive. So we'll keep you updated on that. Coming up next, though, I tell you probably the biggest way that I think the Chiefs offense is going to change this season. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. This show has flown by. <laughs> no kidding. Like, I'm dead serious. I was telling you this during the break, like behind the curtain for the people that are listening. Like, we are 
29 minutes away from walking out of this building. I know. And praise God, I hope this storm doesn't kill my tomato plant tonight. Yeah, we're 20, we're we're 28 minutes away from CM Punk making his debut on AEW okay. Rampage. Very excited about that. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Seven years, seven and a half years. Yeah, and I always tell people, that. I'll believe it when I see it, which is interesting because as we watch this Chiefs game, everybody's still out there but Mahomes. Like, Kelsey's out there, Hardman's out there, yeah. Pringle's out there. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Hill didn't play tonight. He dressed, but he didn't play. But yeah, good for them doing a two-minute drive on this on these guys. Yeah, and they should. I mean, they like, McColl needs reps. Demarcus needs reps. Pringle needs reps. Is that Kelsey still? What is Kelsey? That's doing? what I said. What is still Kelsey out there, doing man. out there? Get Kelsey off the field. They got them all out there, man. Get Kelsey off the field. What are they doing? No, no. What? I mean, hey, at least two Andy, minute drive, man. At least Andy wasn't lying when he said that most that of the first some, half that some of these guys are going to be out there. Orlando's still out there. What? Everybody's oh, out there, They're, bro. The only one that's the only ones that aren't out there. Uh, Mahomes is done. He oh, was, yeah. He was done after the first drive of the second quarter. He was done at the 625 or 624 yeah, mark yeah, about in the, the midway second. mark, yeah. A little bit past the midway mark. So he actually he, he played deeper than I think any of us thought he was going to. Uh, but he did get three drives in. But there, that first drive was just so damn long. I believe he was 10 of 18 for 77 yards and 10 rushing yards. Yep. And he had one pick that he threw along the sidelines in the end zone. And so, like – statistically all right but look and and I, I i'm it's like my big topic for the for the segment i really think that the chiefs are going to try and shorten their offense up they're going to try and uh they're going to try and make it so that they're more ball control than before they wanted to last year and then the offensive line didn't really allow them to like you watch them week 1 against the Houston Texans that was the offense they wanted to run. Ball control, let's force teams to play us up close so we can we can kill them deep. And, you know, you saw some teams make that mistake and try to play them up close like the Buccaneers did in, in Tampa Bay in, in, what was it, week 12, I think it was. And, and they made that mistake. They tried to play them up on the line, and they got killed for it. The, the Chiefs just shredded their defense, and that's how they were able to uh, score all those points in that first half. The, the Chiefs very much want to, I think, try and con, you know play some ball control conservative offense when they need to as uh, Brian Pringle hauls in a, a catch down the field that puts the Chiefs in the red zone. Um, the Chiefs really want to kind of shorten the offense up and play some ball control. They want to uh, – was that – was that – no, that's McCall – Got his uh got his touchdown there. So McCall's uh he makes a very nice catch, gets a touchdown. So uh now I think his his day should be done after everybody's day time. should be done. Everybody's day should be done. I don't know why the hell Kelsey's still on the, on the field. But yeah, McCall get, he makes up for that uh that that missed route on the on the last drive that Mahomes is on and gets a touchdown. So Chiefs presumably should be up by ten points going into halftime. Uh but the offense, I think, I don't think they want to push it down the field nearly as much because they don't want to put the pressure on the defense to have to go and get stops like they do. You saw it tonight. Um, they were just, I mean, they were in like what? Five, six screens in the first quarter? I think it was probably about about that, five or six. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of screens, like two more in the second quarter. I mean, it was all short stuff. Mahomes probably had one or two throws where he was past 10 yards. And like, that's, 
the kind of offense I think they want to run. You remember when they were playing against the Bills, same thing. Run the football, short stuff. Every now and then we'll test them down the field past, you know, 10, 15 yards to kind of make sure that we keep them honest, make sure that they respect our deep game. But we're going to try and make sure that we're not doing too much because we understand that teams are worried about us going deep. So let's take what they give us and, and make them pay for it. I believe that's what they want to do. They want to protect Mahomes and make sure he doesn't get hurt. So they want to run the football. That's why they drafted a running back last year in the first round in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And that's the reason why this year they went out and got so many guys on their offensive line, entirely retooled offensive line. They want these guys to be athletic. They want them to be able to get out into the flats. You know, Trey Smith is like the perfect guy for that. He's a mauler. He's 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 a dog out there, and he's willing to go out there and, and get dirty with some of these these linebackers and defensive linemen and whatnot, and, and open things up for his running backs and his receivers on those screen plays. I feel like this is what they want to do. I, what we saw in those games with the with the Texans, with the Bills. Like they want to shorten things up and kind of control the ball more. So they save their defense. And on top of that, they're able to protect Mahomes from any potential injury in the future. I think the biggest issue that I've seen tonight, maybe just like with, with the way the game's playing is that there's still like that little bit of communication issue between a few guys that are on the offense that have been around each other a while. Yeah. And I mean, my bold take this season is that Byron Pringle is going to out catch and out target McCole Hardman. It's pretty bold. <laughs> it's, it's bold, but I just think that, like, the way that I, man, I don't know. I just, I truly believe that. And as soon as I would tweet that, of course, McCole Hardman catches a touchdown. Every time. Um, every, <laughs> it, 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 tweeter, tweeter. Twitter's undefeated yes. and always will be yes. when you make bold takes. Um, but that to me is just like one thing that I look at when it comes to preseason is like where these guys are at. Because one thing that you always see with, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes, they never skip a beat. Like, very rarely do you see, like, Travis Kelsey run to the wrong side and then Mahomes is like, I thought, you know, you were going over here. But you're seeing a lot of that with uh, McCole Hardman tonight. And you could see when McCole Hardman caught that touchdown and sat down on the bench, he kind of had that look like, damn, like, finally. That's what I'm trying to get at. It was a nice catch. He grabbed it by his, like, fingertips. I mean, yeah, he was, he was in, falling but. backwards and he had to turn around and catch it in the back of the end zone. It was, it was a great catch. Also, I'm a huge fan of these guys changing their numbers. Like, I'm a, I'm, I love seeing, like, number nine as a safety or number seven yeah. as a cornerback. I, I don't know it. why, but I dig it. Oh, I love it. Like, uh, Judon, Matthew yeah. Judon for the Patriots is wearing number nine. I love it. Well, like, I forget who uh, I forget who was the one that um, – I forget who the one with that uh, that picked the ball off, but he was – I believe it was a corn. He was rocking number seven. Uh, and Buda Baker changed his number to, like, eight or something like that. Like, it's just – Yeah, Darius Slay Jr. has number two – which I, I I saw that last week. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I like the, I like the the like to me, that's what I love about college too is like when you've got these defensive backs and you got these linebackers and often and like defensive yeah. linemen wearing single digit numbers. I love that. Stuff. Like I always loved watching Penn State running backs rock the like five or the seven yeah. or the four. Like I don't know. I just always I thought that was always something that was kind of cool. And I always thought the NFL was kind of brutal that if you wanted to change your number, you have to pay so much money just to get it. You know. Because when Mahomes was drafted, they were like, do you want to switch to five? But they'd already printed off all those jersey numbers. And it's like, well, if you're going to do that, Mahomes has to buy every single one of those jerseys and then replay. It's like, eh, maybe just stick with 15, especially yeah. those people that spend a nice dollar amount on, on, a, on a 15 jersey. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's and it was like that. Remember when uh, when Chad Johnson changed his last name to Ocho Cinco? Yeah, but he still had to wear uh, Johnson on the back of his right. jersey because he would have had to buy all those jerseys. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're serious about that. 
But, yeah, like, I really do like the fact that they're letting these guys change their numbers. Tyron Matthews said he was going to change his number to, what, 21, I think, next yeah. year? So that hopefully that's a 21 in, in Chiefs red. But, uh, yeah, that that is one of the cool parts about watching the preseason this year thus far. Um, Chiefs defense still still on a roll thus far. They've they've been uh, keeping the Cardinals offense in check now as the Cardinals. What is it like their sixth drive, I think? And they still are, are probably barely above positive as far as uh, as far as total yards. So. This is a hell of a performance thus far by this Chiefs uh, defense. I, I will say this, though. I really feel like this Chiefs team is probably looking more confident than we've seen them, even in the last couple camps, because, like, they look more mode. They look a lot more motivated right now after having lost that Super Bowl. Like, I, I mean, obviously winning a Super Bowl, you, you're a lot. You're really motivated to go out there and be great. But, like, losing a Super Bowl, national television, and you know, like, I know, like, they haven't made, like, the complete 100% heel turn. There's still a lot of people that love watching the Chiefs. There's a lot of people in the Chiefs bandwagon, and there will be a lot of people in the Chiefs bandwagon to come. But still, it's actually really fun watching this team be as motivated as they are this year because they know, like, they're talking 20-0. and Like, what team that loses the Super Bowl is talking going undefeated? You know, like, they're just like, hey, we want to get back to the Super Bowl. Not, we want to go undefeated. Like, they're talking about things in, a, in an irrational manner. I love that about this Chiefs team. And you're, you're seeing these guys go out here. Like, Mahomes is being uber competitive in a game that means not a damn thing. Like, he's literally diving on fourth and three. To con- after he's already gotten the first down, diving on fourth and three, fourth and three for an extra two or three yards in a game that doesn't mean anything. You know, you got guys like Travis Kelsey out there deep into the second quarter, almost a halftime. Like these guys are really competitive and they want to play. And I-, I think that that's, I mean, McCall Hardman, you just brought it up there uh, a couple minutes ago. McCall Hardman's like feeling it, catching a touchdown in a, in a game that doesn't matter because he's trying to, prove that he is that number two receiver, prove that he deserves those snaps there. I like that about this team because this team looks really hungry. They don't look like they've won a Super Bowl already. They look like they're they're striving and chasing another chasing a championship they haven't won. And I really appreciate that. Revenge tour, man. Yes, yes. Very much the the take it back tour, if you will. Coming up next, we discuss who we think the third best team. We already know Chiefs Bills, presumptive one and two, respectively. Who's that number three team in the AFC? We'll tell you who we think it is next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in. Final couple segments here on Beak at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. Chris and Ocero, Dusty Likens. Man, the Cardinals were putting on a drive there as we were in break. This was easily their best drive of the night. My guy, a guy that I'm rooting for so bad, a lot of Chiefs people, a lot of Chiefs fans are rooting for. Juan Thornhill makes this beautiful diving catch in the end zone to end what was the best drive of the first half for the Arizona Cardinals. He's living it up on the sidelines like he should. That was a great catch. Man, I'll tell you this. I will say this. Last week, last Saturday, 
I was here producing the Royals game in a, what was a bad effort against the Cards last week for the Royals. And I was watching this Chiefs game on the TV there in the, in the control room. And uh, CDOT was doing his show for CBS. He comes in after he gets done with this show. And the first thing we said, Juan Thornhill's playing a lot of snaps in a preseason game. A lot of snaps. For a guy that we thought was going to be the starter this year, he was playing a lot of snaps in preseason game one. And he's playing a lot of snaps here. And Sorensen has kind of usurped him as the starter there uh, uh, at that free safety spot. But Thornhill just made a hell of a play. And if he can keep playing like that, I certainly expect that he'll get that starting job back at some point. Let that man's confidence get stronger. Yeah, like, like, and here's like I said, it's just it's an issue with confidence. It's an issue where he doesn't quite trust his knee, and certainly maybe there was like inflammation or something. I mean, not only that, but you saw like how much the team just reacted to him making that interception. Yeah, like everybody's patting him on that, so you know there's not a talent issue. That it's just like that. Maybe there's something in that. You know, you tore your ACL. All of a sudden, you're like, can I still do it? Is this what I need to do? And then. You see the team kind of, that's where that answers my question, not to cut you off, but like, that's where my problem is with Juan Thornhills. I think it's just a confidence thing. I think that he's fully talented. I think that he could play that position. It's just that like, does he believe in himself? And when you see a team react like that, that proves to me my theory is correct because they're like, see, there you go. That's what you can do. You can make these plays. You can play this position. And then he does that. And that's how that can be so much more. That makes the defense that much better. Thornhill's one of those guys you just you want to root for because you know he works hard, you know he's talented, uh, you know that he's someone that could be a, a great, great part of the future of this defense. And we know that this guy has a lot of talent out there. We saw it his rookie year. He he made some big plays, and it was I mean, I was I mean, I really was disappointed when he tore his ACL in that Chargers game a couple years ago. I was really disappointed because I was like, man. Thornhill was so important to this defense. He came out there and shored up what was a, a very, very rough spot for them. Him and I mean, him and Tyron Matthew changed what was one of the weakest parts of the defense the year before. And now you're in a situation, you know, in 2020, you're in a situation where he didn't trust his body. And it's it's so hard when you don't trust your body to do what it's supposed to do. Big time. Tom. After you get an injury like that. And for him to come out there and like he showed spurts, but he, I mean, as the season went along, his snap count dropped and all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing Sorensen out there for a majority of the snaps and it was a little disappointing, but you, we understood like, Hey, you know, ACLs are a serious thing. And a lot of times, I mean, Jamal Charles talked about it a lot. He had what two torn ACLs during his right. career. Like Eric Berry had like two torn ACLs in his career. Like those guys talked about extensively about how it, the toughest part about coming back from a serious knee injury is trusting the knee to do what it's supposed to do. Especially I mean, in that position. Yeah. Like you're keeping up with the best athletes in football, which I believe are the receivers. That's just the way the game is. Yeah. I mean, just look at, just look at uh, uh, to go out of the sport of football. Look at Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose tears his ACL in Chicago, and all of a sudden he comes back, and you could tell. He don't trust that knee anymore. Not the same. And he goes and he tries to he tries to overcompensate with his other leg, and he starts he injures that knee, and all of a sudden he starts to he loses all of the talent that he had before, and he'll show flashes of it here and there, 
But because he didn't trust that knee that he that he injured, when he came back, he got he hurt the other knee. I think he tore his meniscus. Like that is prime example of what happens when you aren't trusting your body. And it's the toughest part about coming back from a serious injury like that. When your body doesn't do what it's supposed to do and you're trying to to go through the physical therapy and you're trying to trust that your body again and it's so hard to do. Like I got to give a ton of credit to these guys who are able to come back from that and I'm very happy as the Chiefs are at halftime with a 10 nothing lead over the Cardinals. Um, I certainly expect we'll probably see the threes come in probably in the third quarter now. Um, maybe we'll see the twos for like the first drive or two in the, se- in the, in the, in the second half. But uh, thus far, 10 nothing. Chiefs get a touchdown. Um, towards the end of the second quarter, McCole Hardman, beautiful catch. Just falling away back in the end zone right at the ankles. Chad Henney threw it, threw it behind him, and he adjusted really well. Like, that's the kind of talent that when we talk about McCole Hardman and his potential, that's the kind of talent that he shows when we talk about that and him being a potential number one. So uh, definitely excited about what we could be seeing from him. Coming up next, though, we will talk about who we think that number three team is in the AFC. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Final few minutes here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Christian Ocero, Dusty Likens here. Text line, very hyped for the uh, the Thornhill interception to end the first half. And there's some people that are uh, very excited about Hardman making that great catch. Two guys that I think uh, us Chiefs fans really, really looking to put on a very strong performance in these preseason games. They've come through in this game against the Cardinals as the Chiefs lead 10 nothing at the half. Are you team Pringle or team Hardman? I'm team Hardman because I, I think Hardman's got like better overall talent. So, I mean, I like I like Pringle a lot, but like I think Pringle is is good in the sense like he works his ass off. And he he knows what he's doing, but I just don't think he's the athlete that Hardman is. I think I just I want athlete I, I want Hardman to get it because like Hardman has like Tyreek level athleticism. He's he just doesn't have the the knowledge of the offense as as much as Tyreek does. So like I, I want him to get it because I look at him and I think he could be what Tyreek. Maybe not exactly what Tyreek is because Tyreek's like a, a generational once in a lifetime type talent but he could be near that. He could be like the closest thing to that in the NFL. So I, I'm, I'm team Hardman. Okay. I'm an underdog guy. Oh, I mean, a lot of people are Pringle is like the darling of like the chiefs media. Yeah. He's the darling. I, I don't know how many people like talk about Byron Pringle as being that, that the guy to look out for like Byron Pringle has been like the dark horse guy for like the last two or three seasons now. So, and I understand because he is supremely talented as far as, uh, as far as he's not, I mean, he's not like a McCold type talent, but he's someone that maximizes his talent in a way that you don't see guys do. I mean, he works very hard 
And clearly the Chiefs like his abilities because he's been on the team for a long time. And I think a lot of people looked at him as probably a camp casualty a few years ago. And look at him here. He's still here. So um, right. So before we finish off the show, I want to get into who we think the uh, number three team in the AFC is going to be. Number one is obviously the Chiefs. Number two, I think we all presume, will be the Buffalo Bills. But number three is kind of the the big debate here. I think the number three team is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Baltimore Ravens certainly have some knocks against them. Sammy Watkins is their number one receiver. Sammy Watkins is not reliable. He gets hurt a lot. He's injured right now. So, you know, there are some things that could prevent them from offensively being great. Mark Andrews had some severe cramps. What was it, yesterday or the day before? Had to get wheeled out in a in an ambulance, I think it was. So we don't know what's going to happen with him. He might not be able to – he might miss uh, some extensive time because of whatever he had before. Um, certainly, we look at their, at, their, at their offensive line and losing Orlando Brown Jr. definitely hurts them. Um, they do have talent in their backfield. They've got J.K. Dobbins. You got was it Gus Edwards? I think it is. He had a, he had a good season last year. You still have probably the most electric quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And while their defense did lose some pieces, you did lose Judon to the, to the Patriots in free agency. You still got talent there. You still got one of the best coaches in the league, probably top five in the league in, in Harbaugh. I really, really like this Ravens team. And I think that with the talent that they got in the draft at wide receiver and with the fact that, you know, we presume Andrews will be back healthy. We presume Sammy will suit up and play for them. Um, They've got some talent. And I think that they're going to take some steps in the passing game to help their offense reach the point where it could be something that they could rely on from a passing standpoint. And I think it'll help with the defense losing a guy like Judon. I think my number three team is, is it's not just to jump on a bandwagon of everybody else in the NFL, but I just think it's Cleveland. I think Cleveland is the team this year that makes that step forward, that, that learns from the last year, that, that did basically what the two teams that we'd mentioned already have done the previous years, and that is what Buffalo did last year is exactly what Baltimore did the year before. Baltimore was the team on the cusp. They finally got to that point. I mean, the Houston Texans should have been there, but the Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson fallout, that whole thing has just kind of ruined their chances at ever going forward. But what the Chiefs have done is solidified themselves as number one. The Bills, I think, are already past everybody else because I think their team just gets better the more chemistry they build together because of where they were at last year, where they'll go to this year. Plus, their division's going to be a little bit tougher this year, but I think Buffalo is probably the best second team in the NFL or in the AFC. And then I think where it comes to number three is the fact that, like you said, Judon is gone. He's in New England. Baltimore's defense is still amazing. Baltimore still has a very, very good defense with Humphreys and Peters and those linebackers and Patrick Queen, and they have a great quarterback, an MVP-style quarterback. They have J.K. Dobbins coming back. But Cleveland, Cleveland has Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry coming back as a one and two. Obviously, Odell was out last year, and he hasn't been the same for a couple years now. But they revamped that defense, and that defense was already probably top 15. It has potential to be a top five defense. They have an offensive line that is top five in the offensive line. You've given Baker Mayfield a little bit more confidence, which we've seen that from his time in Oklahoma, that the more reps he gets, the more confidence he gets, and he's finally got a coach slash offensive mind in uh, 
Stavansky, right, who was yeah. who was kind of getting his way back last year, and they've got that playoff win. They've gotten past that hump. They're going to be in a fight for the top seed in that division because I think Pittsburgh takes a a, a tier down. I don't know if, what the Chase Claypool injury is going to do to his longevity this year. Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is officially washed. I don't believe in any of the hype that he is a new look back to his old self. He still looks fat. Um, he's lost weight and he still looks fat. <laughs> he still looks fat. He looks like he's at the end of his career. Yes. He looks like every quarterback that plays in a Hollywood movie that's the 40-year-old quarterback at the end of their career, that's what he looks like. It's just at that point in his career. And I think the way that Cleveland has revamped that defense, I think the way that they have that two-headed monster running back, they have legitimate targets on the outside, and they have Baker Mayfield playing with more confidence and a head coach that has everything they need to move forward. And they got to that point last year. They're coming back hungry. And I know they play the Chiefs week one, and I'm not going to judge anything in week one because, one, everybody's healthy. Not everybody's going to be healthy at the end of the year. Everybody's had time off. If there's anything that anybody needs, Andy Reid's had all this time to study for Cleveland. So I think Cleveland will be the third best team just because all around they're a little bit better, I think, than Baltimore. I trust them because their offense is a little bit more solidified. This year it's J.K. Dobbins. That's it for their running back. And in Cleveland they have two top probably 15 running backs, if not two top 10 running backs. And if and if Kareem Hunt and if if Chubb can be where he's at, where he's the, you know, the grinder and Kareem Hunt's the, you know, playmaker, the elusive guy and can stay on the field and stay out of trouble and stay injury free, then Cleveland has a chance to be the third best team, if not surpass Buffalo this year because of where they're at offensively and defensively. I think that's something that the NFL would like because you've got a former Heisman Trophy winner in Mayfield and you've got Cleveland. Cleveland is is one of those sports cities that's gotten a ton of attention because of the misery that the fans there have had. So I think they would, they, the NFL would like if the the Browns became that number two team in the AFC. There is one team though I look at, and I think they could be a kind of a dark horse team though, is the new England Patriots. And I know that there's still question marks that people have about Cam Newton. I like Cam Newton a lot. I, I last year, new system, different expectations. He had to be a different kind of quarterback than what he was when he was in Carolina. He didn't have a lot of talent to throw to this year. Doesn't really have that excuse. He's got some guys. You got Aguilar. Um, uh, they got um, John U. Smith from, from Tennessee. They went out and they got Hunter Henry as well. Run that two tight end set. Again. I know, right? They, they love those tight ends. They, they had still no got tight Bill, ends. man. They still got the they, mind of the, they yeah. still got the, the greatest mind in football. Josh McDaniels still there. I mean, I feel like Cam's going to be more comfortable in that offense this year. And you've got all these defensive guys coming back out of nowhere. Like, I mean, think about it. You have all these guys that you had on defense that just decided to opt out. And now they're all back. Like that's something that to me just says a lot about where this team could be. So I I, I just feel like with the defense there, with the fact that you're going to have more talent on the offensive end, I'm a little bit more confident in them being able to get things going on the offensive end. Yeah, you never doubt New England just because they'll play the game of they'll just play like National League Baseball. They'll bunt in advance. They'll throw three innings or seven innings of shutout ball and just beat you you know, 17 to 10, and that's how they'll win. Yeah, and and that's and 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 certainly like we we still gotta pay respects to the Bills, though. Sure. 
I'm not I'm not 100% certain about the bills. I mean, you, you kind of hear some of these players are about the vaccines and whatnot. You're like, man, I don't know how many guys they're going to have out here play, being able to. I don't. I mean, if they if there's any team, if there's any team that would have a game canceled because of a COVID outbreak, I think the bills are number one right now as far as as a team that would that would be in that position. I mean, right now, that Bills team seems a little dysfunctional just on the inside. You look at teams like the Chiefs, 95 percent vaccination rate for the players, 100 percent vaccination rate for your for your staff. Very, very different commitment to winning, I think. So uh, very much. I, I, I think that the Chiefs are still the class, but you do have some talented teams kind of sitting behind them. Special thanks, Dusty Likens, for doing all the hard work keeping us on the air and for providing some good banter back and forth as we cover this Chiefs game. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Friday evening to listen to me and Dusty. I'm Kristen Ocero, and this was the Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio on 610sports.com. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.